Are you in a car again, Glenn? I am. Glenn is the traveling for, salesman. For, for again. some people, we do work. You know that, right? <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all around good people. It is week 17 of 2022. I'm Chris Louie, and this week I will double check to make sure my master audio stream saves. I'm happy to say that after 56 episodes, this was the first time we lost an audio stream and had to rely on the Zoom audio backup. With me, I have my co-host, Duke Silver, who always double checks his audio file before quitting the recording program. Hello, we've been trying to reach you re- regarding your vehicle's extended warranty. Just kidding. You know, out of all the times we've given Glenn grief about his audio, it was you that screwed up the most. I yeah, why is that? <laughs> <laughs> So, so Glenn gets hassled for never being ready. I messed up because of the way the, re- the software saves onto network storage, network shared drives, which is a lesson that I have learned now. Why don't you just sh- store it locally on your machine? Yes, that's the lesson that I learned. Always save locally first and then copy to the share instead of saving to the share directly. Uh, yeah, I was on my backup machine last week, and instead of saving it directly to my backup machine, I saved it to the storage device that I use to grab it from my primary machine that I do the editing on. And yeah, apparently there's uh, there's some extra stuff you have to do to save on net- network shared drives in this, this audio software we use. So you hear all of our learned. listeners snoring away? Boring. Yeah. <laughs> audio talk. <laughs> And we have Glenn Medina, who is finally back home after getting stuck in Houston last week. Hey, everyone. Thanks for letting me back on the show, guys. I see that I was trolled like crazy last night, so I'm going to come up with my best Deech impression. So if it smells like fart, it must be steak. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Well, this week's guest is Gary New of F5 Networks, who has been there for over 15 years and know, has known Brian for quite a long time. Gary, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, very excited to be here. Um, I've yeah, I've been at FI for 15 years, worked for them in Ireland, in the UK, some places of Africa, moved to the US about six years ago. So in, enjoying time. But I, I can't help but think I would be out of prison at this stage for manslaughter. Um, but here I am anyway. <laughs> 15 yeah. years is a long time for for a tech company. What's uh, Super what's, long. Yeah, what's the uh, secret recipe that F5 has on you? Um, it's fun. <laughs> no, I, 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 I honestly, I, I think, I think for me, it's just been the ability to um, to change jobs so often and kind of look at um, you know, look at try different things in different countries. They moved me and my family from Ireland to the UK. They moved us here to North America. So, you know, it's it's been good. I've had some good opportunities. Yeah, I was going to say 15 years at the same company, at not only that, at a tech company. I mean, I've yeah. barely in it, been in the adult workforce for 15 years. So that, that's actually really impressive. <laughs> Wait a second, it's, you're dating us. But, you know, uh, joking aside, you know, one of the reasons why I actually like Gary so much, and I think one of the reasons why he's probably been so damn successful um, at F5 is because I don't think they really held him back from being his actual person. So the first time I ever got to see him, I think we were at like a either sales kickoff or like an agility conference. Nonetheless, it was in Chicago and homeboy got up in front of everybody. And I'm talking like 2,500 people. 
And he had like the perfect blend of like tech, but like funny. And it, it just, it just bode with me so well. Like it really felt like it kind of changed my, I'm like, wait a second, I can be a geek, but I can, I can have fun doing my day to day job. I was like, ah, you know, I really like this guy. And then working under him, right? I think one of the things that was post admirable trait, right? Is that he always kind of just did the right thing, regardless of what people thought. He's always going to kind of stick to his principles and morals. So uh, that was definitely one of the big reasons why I wanted to have him on the show. He, he's definitely influenced my career. That's awesome. Thank you. I do remember that presentation. That was the one where we had Die Hard. We yeah. had John McLean in yep. the presentation. Nice. <laughs> Who doesn't love Die Hard or a good Die Hard joke? Best Christmas movie ever. Yeah. I think I have yeah, to. I have that's what Brian that. preaches here. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably where Brian got it from. And <laughs> Gary, you, after the show or another another time, we'll have to get some of the, the hilarious stories about Brian before he came over here to Z Scale. There you go. <laughs> you got it. All right, for our opening topic, uh, just hot off the presses, the streaming service Netflix just reported a loss of 200,000 global subscribers and expects to lose another 2 million more subscribers this spring. That marks the first time in over a decade that Netflix has reported subscriber loss. In previous quarters, subscriber growth slowed, but now it's flat out losing subscribers. Shares are down about 25% after hours. Netflix used to be the 800-pound gorilla with the first mover advantage in the streaming services, but it seems Netflix is now losing the streaming wars. So who do you think is winning the streaming wars and what does Netflix have to do to win back their subscribers? Uh Oh, is this going to be like the next blockbuster here? What's going on with that? I have no idea who's going to be the next big one, but I think the next big one that's going to lose is Disney. I think they're going to have some problems coming up here pretty soon. What do you guys think? How is that? They own content. They actually own great content. Yeah, well. but they just had like a 300, 325,000 people canceled over something. I have no idea. Right? They've been losing yeah. membership as well. I, I, yeah. I think what Disney will do is when they release a new kind of Mandalorian type show or something like that that is exclusive, people will join again, watch that and maybe, maybe drop. I think that's what's happening now. There's just so many different services. I mean, CNN, for goodness sake, launched a streaming service. Why would you pay for that? Yeah, they're already planning layoffs too. They said it's, it's going so terrible that the the launch did that they're already planning their layoffs. Now, I think so. Netflix was the first one that made bingeable content. I remember when House of Cards was first released, they released all 13 episodes at the same time. And I think that might be partially to blame. It's it's that and you know password sharing. You know, everyone that has Netflix is probably using someone else's password, but I think the bingeable part, it made it so attractive. I could watch th- all 13 episodes of House of Cards in one sitting, but or something like Squid Game. Squid Game was immensely popular. Uh, Tiger King, immensely popular, but they released it all at once. So you just had to buy one month, and you could binge the whole thing and then cancel the next month. So I think that might be partially where, why they're, they're losing I got a feeling, just like the movie studios, these guys are going to start joining forces and maybe buy each other out, and then we'll only be left with two or three, because... How many do you need? There's like Apple, there's Hulu, there, there's Netflix, there's Amazon, um, and, and a litany of even Paramount more. Plus, right? CBS, yeah. ABC, yeah. Disney, uh, Discovery, yeah, there's Roku. Yeah, there's just so Apple? many now. Am I the only it's one that's... The content. Am I the only one that still gets DVDs in the mail? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Just kidding. I don't have a DVD player. <laughs> you're still Good. doing red you're still doing red box i think that's what you're doing right yeah 
Yeah, I don't know what's going to take to win people back because there's, there's no doubt that Netflix makes good content like mm. Squid Game, Queen's Gambit, Tiger King, The Witcher. It, I, I don't know why. It might it might be the password sharing thing that that you know, five I, households I share so. one account. I, I think the market expectations on a company like Netflix to deliver continual exponential growth, I mean, that's just unrealistic. Right. And, and and the market, you know, there needs to be some sort of settling then. They were growing, 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 growing. And now they're going to lose some people and maybe it'll level out after a while. Yeah. It, it, yeah you have to look at that it equilibrium. From, yeah. Plus, you got to look at it from what's available to watch. It's like, how many times can you watch Squid Games? How many times can you watch so many movies over and over again? You're like, I just want more. I just want new content. I can tell you how many times I can rewatch Breaking Bad. I'm on my fifth time and I still love it. <laughs> Bring back the office, shoot. I'll be playing that twenty four seven. But they have that on yeah. Peacock, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the other the other thing with Netflix is they lost a lot of those. So so there's a story that Breaking Bad literally saved Netflix back back in the day because they were the only ones that had it. And then they had what, friends, they had Office, maybe Seinfeld at some point, or maybe it was someone else. But yeah, then they lost all these exclusivities to other streaming services. So they weren't well, they had able Disney to for a while too. Yeah. Disney mm-hmm. for a while, yeah. Yeah, and then now they're just relying on a purely original content. Well, you know what's going to bring them back? Another pandemic, baby. COVID <laughs> remix. That's what's going to do it. <laughs> COVID <What>? Mark Two. <laughs> Wasn't that the joke that says, I hope Netflix makes COVID because Netflix never makes a part three of anything? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's not true. They made one good season of something. I'm trying to recall what it was. I, I like Drive to Survive. That's on Netflix. And that's the Formula One show. Yeah, that one. Yeah. season three of that one. That's really good. I haven't seen that. Right to Survive? Okay. Worth a watch, for sure. All right. Uh, as always, disclaimer, this is not financial advice. And go make your own decisions, not relying on us. <laughs> for our first topic... I'm going to reference the amazing Marvel Avengers movie franchise, speaking of Marvel, uh, specifically the movie Endgame. It's been out for years, so if you haven't seen it, though, spoilers ahead. There's a scene where Thanos, the bad guy, destroys the Infinity Stones, and he explains that the only power great enough in the multiverse to destroy the stones is the stones themselves. So he says, I use the stones to destroy the stones. Well, the hacking group NB65 used the stolen Conti ransomware source code, which originated in Russia, and launched a massive ransomware attack against Russia using their very own weapons against them. Conti has a very strict code of conduct not to attack Russian targets. My, how the tables have turned. You may recall in an earlier episode where we told you about a disgruntled Ukrainian security researcher who stole and leaked the Conti ransomware source code and internal chats in retaliation for the Conti ransomware crew pledging allegiance to Russia in the current Russia-Ukraine conflict. Now, there's a note inside the, there's, there's a message inside the ransom note, and Brian put a note in the show notes here that he, re, he wants me to read this with a really thick Russian accent, yeah, so I'm going to do my best and apologize to any Russian listeners out there if I, if I butcher it. <clears throat> we are watching very closely. Your president should not have committed war crimes. If you are searching for someone to blame for your current situation, look no further than Vladimir Putin. 
I feel like I'm watching the N64 GoldenEye right now. So <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Fluffy bunnies and teddy bears. Eagle. <laughs> nice <Eagle>. day. <laughs> Chris, I, nice I do have job. to stop you though. Like you, I don't think you're using the whole like the tables have turned correctly. I think Michael Scott said it best. Oh, how the turntables. You can thank me later. <laughs> there you go. Another, another office reference. So do you think that uh, when they rolled out this this ransomware or malware, excuse me, that they had to disable like the whole like detective, there's a Russian keyboard attached to the system? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the safeguards yeah. that they have in place, checking if it's a Russian ISP and all those had to be taken out. And I think they just took the, the encryptor part of the source code and then just threw it onto whatever malware they had. Sounds like we have a little bit of a, a Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville situation here. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I think when Jimmy Buffett was on his way to Margaritaville, he was like in a small like commuter plane and he accidentally, well, probably not accidentally, he, he, he garnished a weapon on the plane and shot himself in the foot while it was in flight. So there's that. If you haven't learned anything today, you learned about Jimmy Buffett. He literally shot himself in the foot. Yes. <laughs> dear, oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, I, I'm quite happy to see these tables turn on the Russian hackers because they were just doing everything with impunity for so long, you know, and it was the, it wasn't even the best kept secret or any type of secret, you know, you didn't even have, you just go into some of the forums on the dark net and you see, do not attack Russia with this tool, do not attack any Russian people with this tool, you will be banned and etc. So I'm quite happy to see the tables turned. That make me a bad person? No, no, but I mean, I'd rather have, instead of, you know, think about it this way, like, I don't think all Russian people are bad. Vladimir Putin no, is, right? No, like, let's go after him. That'd be pretty rad. But, I, you know, maybe this yeah. is a step in the right direction. Yeah. As long as they don't attack hospitals and things like that, like, you know, the attackers did everywhere else, right? <laughs> yeah, as long as these guys have a strict code of conduct. Don't hit yeah. charities, don't hit hospitals, don't hit, you know, critical infrastructure, as long as it's the people that are supporting their their president keeping him in power what would be fair game like bowling alleys dispensaries i don't know what you guys help me out here convenience stores gas stations oil rigs who knows well it's probably oil rigs and not oil rigs but i mean a lot of the operational i'm not saying so okay let me stop that's in anyone should attack infrastructure but we all know that infrastructure is very, very vulnerable. So it wouldn't surprise me if they started to go after kind of operations like that of oil companies. I mean, yeah, shipping or logistics or and anything related mm. to like, basically just look at the sanction list and you can go after anyone on the sanction list. Maybe that's their code of conduct. But like, what if they can Maybe just they target like a specific wing of like a federal prison where we can notify all the workers like, hey, like on Sunday night, just leave. And then all oh, boom, all the pedophiles are gone. Like, I would be up for that. No, or, or maybe we we release all the political prisoners who are wrongly imprisoned in in Russia. Maybe that in would Russia. be a good thing. True, true. You guys watch John Wick, right? Maybe they can go after the oh, gangs yeah. and, and 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 release the Obshank. Yeah, right? that's uh, uh, nobody. The, oh no, that, that's nobody. I'm sorry, nobody. They go after yeah. the Russian mob's retirement fund. Yeah, yeah. Boba Yeager, boogeyman. <laughs> Yeah, but you have to think that 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 organized crime f directly feeds into Putin's coffers. Like, there's there's oh, definitely a link 100%. between the government and organized yeah. crime there. I mean, we all know we all work in the industry. I mean, it's it's business. That's what it is. It's not amateur hour in any of these organizations. 
yeah, when, when drugs and gambling are, are not enough to line the coffers, then they turn to things like cybercrime that's become mm -hmm. massively profitable. Kind of a nuisance. Yes. Yeah, so it wouldn't be a bad thing if someone took them down. I just think if they take anything down, they have to like replace their website with like the the old like nineteen nineties construction sign with the blinking light that says under construction. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Like the GeoCities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take their oh, state page, make it look like thing. MySpace. That would be amazing. Yeah. The old MySpace that, that you can customize. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, like you think about that, like MySpace was just asking to get like SQL injected or something. Like there were so many problems with that page. Like, oh my God, cross-site scripting, yeah. C-Surf all day long. No it input was, validation yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. But I had a top no, 10 crazy. list of friends. <laughs> top eight. It was top eight, wasn't it? Well, no, you can modify well, it. You, you, Self-created. Yeah. Self-created top so. 10 list. All right, for our second topic, this is related to the story we did last week about Brian's favorite darknet marketplace, Hydra, getting taken down. The US FBI and European Europol have seized the hacker form and arrested the owner and two accomplices. Raid Forms was an, a popular online forum used mainly for trading and selling stolen and hacked databases. The U.S. Department of Justice today says that the owner, a Portuguese national, is 21 years old, which means that he was just 14 when he launched Raid Forms back in 2015. At the time of seizure, Raid Forms contained over 10 billion, billion with a B, unique records of credit cards, bank account numbers, routing information, and usernames and associated passwords needed to access those online accounts. How long until that's in Have I Been Pwned? Mm -hmm. <laughs> hopefully soon yeah so just as ron suggested last week law enforcement agencies seized the domains and servers back in february but kept it running for over a month to gather as much intelligence as possible on the forum users and to do a coordinated takedown forum members suspected that the domain had been seized when login prompts began popping up everywhere and users had to double login which is commonly occurs with phishing attempts the DNS records for RaidForm also began pointing to two Cloudflare resolvers used in previous law enforcement takedown operations, so shame on you, Mr. FBI, for poor OPSEC. That's like the scene from the movie Donnie Brasco when the guy from the mob spots the same boat pictured in an FBI takedown operation that was the one that their informant used. So Hydra sounds like a crappy four-door Toyota from like the 1980s, and then since you're claiming that I'm on this website all the time, Chris, I did you. A fa I did you a favor. I, I literally went for the last couple of months. I've been trying to log in uh, as <laughs> net uh, with various passwords. So you're welcome. Do you think it'll make a difference? Stopping this site. It makes it harder. I would say it. It, it inconveniences them. Like we we talked about last last week about Hydra. You take one down in five take its place so someone else inevitably will take its place i mean babook and lapsus were using this website for mm -hmm. their data extortion attempts they're gonna have to find somewhere else to go and inevitably they'll find it they'll host it on tour it'll make it impossible to find but it's at least a setback so did they arrest this 21 year old kid or is he still out and yeah about? they got him they got him and two of his accomplices is that the u.s so is it going to be kind of like hackers where 
he's going to can't touch a computer for the next 10 years. And Kevin Mitnick. He's going to write I skateboards. Love that movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hack the Gibson. Hack the Gibson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's in Portugal, so we actually might have like a, a John McAfee situation where they're going to try to extradite him. Although I think John McAfee was Spain, but yeah, yeah. Might, they might try to extradite him here to the U.S. Yeah, they, I think they Port- probably will. Yeah, if Europol was involved, then it's it's a joint operation, so they probably have all that figured out. If we're going to you know try 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 him and everything. Then yeah, do you think he can play dumb? Like, what are you guys talking about? This isn't me. Someone's trying to pin it on me. Yeah. The shaggy defense. Yeah. He's got to pull the shaggy defense. You think? You know, it's very lucrative this time of year. It was. Could you imagine his parents? His mom's like, "How did you do that? He's a good kid. He didn't do anything wrong." So, mommy, how do you think I paid for this Toyota Corolla? <laughs> Wait a minute, you weren't playing Minecraft. <laughs> but seriously, like ten billion, like there has to be some dedupes there. Like that's a lot of information. Are there even 10 billion credit cards out there that are unique numbers? Well, it's credit cards, username, passwords. Like the Yahoo breach alone is 4 billion records. So, I mean, it's conceivable that there are billions of unique records out there. Well, I guess, yeah, what's a record? So is a record kind of, you know, your first name is one record. Your last name is two records. Your first line of your address is three records. So it depends. Maybe the press are inflating it because 10 billion sounds a lot better than like 250 billion or yeah. 2.5 billion. So because no one's going, hey, one million records got stolen. Like, yeah, one million, get out of here. So the other one was four billion. <laughs> but there were seventeen okay, columns, we... so we'll just multiply that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like we reach I... breach fatigue. We're just tired of hearing about breaches until um, it's like come come back to me when it's five billion or more. So you know, it's it it's come a long, long way. Everything and and I remember I I, I found this. Anyone remember this magazine? Twenty six hundred. Is it Atari? No. Twenty six hundred. Yeah. No, 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 no. So, but this is this is an old hacking magazine. Oh, so yeah. Twenty six hundred was the tone that the Captain Crunch, the whistle in Captain Crunch, used. It gave a twenty six hundred hertz tone, and that was what the freakers used to phone freakers, people like Kevin Mitnick and stuff like that, mm, to bypass yeah. long distance things. Um, and I came across this again. I used to subscribe to it, and I subscribed to it again. Um, and it's a lot of the same stuff, but it's all updated, so it's really, really interesting. But it's just so funny how much they've changed in, in those years. Like this one, you're talking about hacking. You know, there was, a, there was an article in this 10 years ago about how to hack those road signs to say that zombies are coming. You know, one of those yeah, things. Yeah, I remember that. Um, they all had master yeah. passwords or there was right, an easy yeah. way to reset it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're not like yeah. Zeech that just used the cover to hide his porn on the inside. <laughs> like back to the future oh you mean that that's no. Glenn <laughs> yeah, Glenn's really yeah, into that like... analog porn apparently ASCII ASCII art yeah ASCII art that's right it's like like they say it's like the more things change the more they don't it's it's still the same thing it's it's password reuse it's yeah. phishing it's just an old yeah. it's, you know it's a new take on an old technique it is yeah so so let's password reuse, right? So I, I was just on a call, I was talking to a potential customer, and they were talking about you know no passwords anymore on systems. How do you, if you if you look at that, and that's tied to hardware, right? What do you what do you guys think of that for the near future as far as passwordless systems? Tied to I mean, tied, tied to behavior or tied to something? There's been, right? there's been so many attempts at this over the years. Uh, I mean, like even, uh, you know, back when I, I used to work for Siemens many, many years ago, 
and we yeah. had smart cards because Siemens manufactured these cards. There was a PKI cert on the card, you stick it into your computer and log you on, you know, so it's what you had. Um, when they work, they're great, but I've got my bank now sets my phone up as a hard token. If I get a new phone, I have to call them up to re enroll. Mm-hmm. That's a pain. I mean, I, I hate doing Yeah, it. that introduces hate, friction. Yeah, into the I hate process. talking to people. Yeah, I mean, but if, if, I if you had Deitch's chat. bank, you could do that by audio now, right? He just says, Hi, I'm Brian Deitch. My voice is my password. My voice yeah. is my password. Except there's there's thousands of hours of podcast material where they can just synthesize their voice to say whatever you want. Well, they can just do it with a couple of words, can't they? Yeah, yeah. And that's why exactly. I removed that feature from my banking account. <laughs> <laughs> but th- there is a big effort in the industry to go passwordless. Massive. Yeah, that's called like FIDO U2F. Yeah, yeah. I've... I've I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, behavioral biometrics is one thing, but really how much can you gain from the behavior? We see companies saying that they can tell if someone's under duress by how they touch their phone. Really? Well, you know, My daughter must always be under distress because like, she is in the texting <laughs> night and day. <laughs> There's dents in the, in the glass on your phone. <laughs> it's all wore out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, my my favorite second factor has always been the UV key because not only do you have to physically have the UV key plugged in, you have to touch it at the right time mm. when it tells you to, to touch it. So it's proof of what? physical presence. Even if someone yeah. yeah, even if someone hacks into my machine remotely and the UV key's plugged in, it says please touch your token. Well, no one can remotely touch my token. That's why I like it. But if you go to uh, there's a website I'll put in the show notes where you can look up who actually supports the UV key. There's like no banks. So no banks yeah. support the UV key. I think like Facebook, Dropbox, there's only a few companies at Google that actually support the YubiKey. So I think it's it's a chicken and egg, right? As when we get more companies supporting YubiKey, more people are gonna be able to use the YubiKey. You you just said nobody can touch my token. <laughs> <laughs> NFT <have> to, that baby. <laughs> Sorry. You have to physically be in front of my computer to touch my token. But but the thing about it is I can imagine giving that to my mother in law and she'd be like, What's this? You know, and until they make it as easy to use that, you know, our parents can use it, it's never going to take off. Forget that. Try handing yeah. this to sales and marketing. Their heads will explode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry Dean. Love you. Hey, you're an SE. Can you come and fix this for me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, uh, we, How we do have I a, download Zoom? <laughs> it's funny. Like, we have a, a, a product that does, like, uh, end-user uh, monitoring and stuff, and I was explaining it to my wife. And I was like, "Yeah, one of the cool things, like if the Wi-Fi signal sucked, uh, like I would just tell you to get closer to the, to the Wi-Fi signal." She's like, "What the hell is that?" Like I was like, "The router, huh?" And she's like, "I have no idea what you're talking about. Is in the kitchen?" I'm like, "No, it's in the kitchen." I'm like, "Think about this." He's, she's like, "I don't know." And so I'm just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, yeah. Unless you have diagrams well, my, of people's mine homes. Asked me the other day, mine asked me the other day is like. Hey, do we have any USB keys lying around? I'm like, that was like 10 years ago. What are you trying to do? She goes, I'm trying to print something. I said, use your OneDrive. And she goes, what's that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. The only the only thing I needed a USB key for in the last five years was to update the software on my car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same here. They make fart noises on my Tesla. And that's it. Is that what you got it? <laughs> All right. For our third story, security researchers discovered that a regional U.S. government agency got compromised with LockBit ransomware and 
that the threat actor sat inside its network for at least five months before the payload was deployed. The threat actors attempted to cover their tracks by deleting logs, but there's enough digital forensic evidence left behind to figure out how long they were inside the network prior to launching the ransomware attack. Initial compromise was achieved by, wait for it, open RDP ports in a misconfigured firewall. Yes, the open remote desktop protocol strikes again. Once inside, they escalated privileges to a domain admin, then created new admin accounts and helped themselves to the data inside the organization. After initial compromise, a second, more sophisticated hacking group took over and moved stealthily through the network. System administrators at the government agency eventually took notice and tried to isolate and evict the attackers, but the attackers were somehow always able to stay just one step ahead. Just like we talked about with the Twitch and T-Mobile hacks, all the IPS and IDS and other security controls were just not enough to detect and block the bad guys. And just simple things like multi-factor authentication and Closing those RDP ports could have stopped this attack in its tracks. So you said a YubiKey could have stopped this all? Yes, YubiKey to the rescue. <laughs> this We're not sponsored reminds by them, but they the, should sponsor us. This kind of reminds me of the Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner, right? Like, beep, beep. <laughs> yeah. It's, what do you th- it is very similar to, to how the SolarWinds guys did it, too, because they were in the SolarWinds systems for months before they did it and they just did tiny little things just to you know to get more of a foothold to get more of a foothold and then they were able to kind of do what they needed to do to you know infiltrate the code yeah they, they did things like they, they pushed out a bad software update, or a, i was actually a yeah. modified software update that did nothing just to see if it would work and like oh cool this works and like they were very persistent very Uh-oh. careful to not get caught yeah i can yeah yeah just that software update that they did push out in SolarWinds, all it did was check for a certain type of processor and then write a bit as one or zero. And and no one no one could identify it, right? Because no one was looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. So so you have to imagine that like at this point in time, there has to be like some sort of infosec policy that says we don't expose thirty three eighty nine RDP to the internet. So like what was the justification here when they're like, Yeah, I, I get it. I understand we don't do this, but we're using a really, really secure password to this box. Like, I, I don't understand how this would even fall through the cracks at this point in time. Wasn't it some maintenance guy who forgot to to put it back? It's like some maintenance guy jammed the door open. I, I True story, years and years and years ago when I was working back in Ireland, I was doing work in the passport office where they make passports. So you'd have to imagine this is very secure. You steal a passport, you know, these are worth a lot of money. Yeah. Um, front door, they had a man trap as you went in through the front door, you had to be escorted in. You go down the back stairs, the door is propped open so people can go out for a cigarette break <laughs> with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> oh, Tens of millions of dollars in physical security, like defeated yeah. by a $30 fire extinguisher. Yeah, that's probably even <laughs> out of spec, right? It's probably so but old. Do you have a man, <laughs> but do you have a man trap? Check. <laughs> do you encrypt data at rest check <laughs> do you prop open doors with fire extinguishers maybe maybe <laughs> no yeah, just like, <laughs> confirm or deny it's just like uh like like t-mobile like should you have open telnet ports listening no but this is like a dev box somewhere that that got left open and yeah i i think this was a misconfiguration in the firewall that you know that policy is no 3389 open but they happen to forget it which is why 
security just can't be a snapshot and says on this day it w i can attest that this is correct it has to be continuous you have to continually be scanning for these open ports and checking show it and see if you show up in some database somewhere isn't there uh i mean isn't something like this something that could be fixed with some very very quick contextual rules is it connected to the internet yes or no if it is block all these ports automatically i mean couldn't every firewall on the planet do that and then if you don't need that then you you back out of it right whoa, it's whoa, such whoa. don't make simple... sense gary we don't pay you for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah come on yeah what, what, what kind of hey we kind of futuristics we, 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 go ahead yeah we, we could call it machine learning and ai and everything and we could sell it <laughs> We could call it the next next gen firewall. Oh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I remember this the, gen uh, has only been around for twenty years. So. <laughs> that's right. Remember my my first day at work at Apollo Group, and uh, you know we're all just kind of hanging out and to know each other. Then all of a sudden it's like a five alarm fire, right? And we're trying to figure out what's going on. We're all in this war room, and they're like, "The QSA just found an any any rule that is open to anything in the entire network," and like uh, so I'm just like. The hell? Like, why did I come work here? Like, this sounds like, you know, rookie hour. <laughs> Lo and behold, uh, there was some sort of remote campus. There were, a teacher was having trouble printing. And the help desk is like, oh, let's drop a rule right here. Save, checkpoint, boom. Uh, blasted out this any, any rule to the entire network. Had been there for like six months or something like that. Man. Wow. What? Hopefully you had good logging that you can tell what happened the last six months that shouldn't have happened. Well, that would probably overload the checkpoint management server, right? So I guess they turned that off too. Obviously, right? <laughs> <laughs> or they're like, well, it's closed now, so obviously nothing bad happened in the last six months. Why do yeah. things just randomly turn off? No reason. No reason at all. <laughs> Not what did you job. change? Nothing. Yeah, it's, it's 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 frustrating when you hear about stories like that. It's also sad as an industry when we hear about things like that as well. I mean, we all work in the industry. We all know it's such a simple thing to do, but yet life yes. gets in the way yeah, and it's, it not, it's not as simple to do. Yeah, it still happens. Yeah. I remember the day I left an open proxy. You <laughs> 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 live internet. to tell about it. Yeah, that's not a good one. So... <laughs> You're still with us, though. That's good. Yes, I am. I, I sit lopsided because of that. I had the, the left side of my <laughs> shoot out, so it's kind of lopsided. <laughs> well, am I going to get bleeped? Note, you will get bleeped. I'll bleep oh, you for man. <laughs> you bleeping We're not an explicit podcast, Glenn. <laughs> oh, man, sorry. All right, for our last topic, and it will be a rotating topic every week. This week, we're all going to watch a video I found on YouTube. We're going to watch it together, and you'll get to hear our reaction and discussion of what just happened. Note that this is no way in relation to InfoSec, so if you just tune in for the InfoSec news, that's all. You can switch off now if you want, but it's a really fun video, so I suggest you stick around. And I'll set the stage joke. for this one. Don't forget the dad joke. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. Fast forward to the dad joke. <laughs> So the media, the video is only a minute and a half long. Um, I'll link it in the show notes so you can you can follow along if you want to. Uh, it starts with an Italian man riding a road bicycle on the street, and he gets cut off by two men on a motorcycle that almost run him off the road. This is probably not the first time it's happened to the cyclist, as we're about to see. So I want everyone 
uh, to queue up at zero and have no YouTube ad presence. So skip through that. And I'll do a three, two, one countdown and we'll all watch it together. All right. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready. All right. Three, two, one, play. This guy's he's he's like riding in the bike lane, minding his own business. <laughs> motorcycle guy, he like just what cuts him hell? off. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did it. He, he pulls out a what looks like a bottle rocket or a firework, loads it in a tube attached to his bike, and like, starts. He he, he's got like a portable torch. <laughs> Sorry to light this firework. Cannon on his bike. <laughs> and he's shooting. <laughs> fireworks at this motorcyclist he misses <laughs> and then he's reloading and yelling at him at the same time he, he lights it again so he's trying to steer with one hand oh we got a direct hit boom <laughs> 10 hp yeah so, so he just reloaded now he's, he's on number three the motorcycle guys are trying to speed away this guy's Light oh, that's a bigger one, is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's got like, he's like, a, like a Roman candle. He's got like eight okay, shots on this semi -automatic one. Semi-automatic all of a sudden. Oh, I think he used he's a bad word. At him. I think he said a bad word. I think so too. Yeah. Oh, oh! oh. The motorcycle's down. How's the motorcycle down? So one guy is down, another guy is on no foot way. running for his life, and he's still shooting at him. <laughs> Fact that he's still shooting at him is great. How did the other guy go down? Well, I've got to rewatch this. He's not even out of breath either. <laughs> so the guy, on the, the guy on the the bike, eventually stopped and and got off. And all right, so that's the end of that. So that's funny. So if Wiley E Coyote is watching, he needs to take notes because this is perfectly executed. <laughs> It, it, it kind of reminds me of the equipment that the Russian army has at the moment. <laughs> Just fireworks <laughs> attached to the side of a bicycle. <laughs> it's just a tank. There's really no bullet. There's no. There's no armament inside. Yeah, it's, just, it's a bottle yeah. rocket down the, it's just the a barrel. Bottle rocket down the barrel. Yeah. Yeah. The number one comment on on YouTube says, "This Mario Kart looks great." <laughs> it was like the, it's not a red shell it's like a green shell because it just goes in a straight line yeah and you could actually see it like when you could hear the wind and then he's firing straight but all the shots are going far right because i guess the wind is blowing yeah. left to right and you can see him trying to adjust trying to compensate as he can yeah. keep the bike going straight <laughs> and, and try and compensate <laughs> it's very good i need like, to have do you guys notice what plates those were those like u.s plates it's got to be europe I was told, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, maybe in the language, but I was told it was an Italian bicyclist, so this is, might have let been me, Italy. Let me take a look and see, because all of the um, European license plates have um, the, the country code on them. Yeah, it's yeah. Italy. You can see on the nice. top top left corner of the license plate, it has an I in the blue square. Oh. Blue, blue oh. square is European flag, and the I is for Italy. So. You sure it's yeah, not Iowa? Resident European. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's not Iowa. <laughs> it's, it's, that, now, that, now that, that's, come on. That's like, that's like all of those people who, who read about things happening in, in Georgia, the country of Georgia, and say, oh, yeah. they can't do that in Georgia. <laughs> Georgia's in America. How can Georgia want to join the EU? 
I just found an American in the chat down here. It says still stronger than Italians, uh, Italy's military in WW2. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, YouTube comments are great. Sometimes they can be pretty mean, but they can be, be pretty great, too. But too like, what had what had to happen to this guy that he, he had this ready? Like, does this happen so often to him that he, he's locked and loaded 24-7? It must. It must have. Like it, it, that's the only reason, unless it was a setup. Yeah, yeah it could, could be. be. Dun, dun, Just a lot of those say like Italian mechanized infantry trooper engaging lone Soviet bike unit, nineteen forty two colorized. Colorized. Oh, hilarious! Good one, Chris. Mister Elastic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that, and it's a, it's a nice break from our infosec news. And I, I just I saw this like I had, we got to do this on the show and get get your reactions and get get your take on it because yeah, being a bicyclist on on the road it is quite dangerous. I mean, being a motorcyclist on the road is actually pretty dangerous too. But yeah, being being cut off by a, a motorcycle is no fun. And this guy is just says enough is enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to mm. properly defend myself. You know what they say: never ask a man a salary, never ask a woman her age, and never anger. An Italian cyclist, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sound advice. All right. Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. (laughs) This week, our guest Gary is up. You know, I was, I I have so many great dad jokes that are inappropriate, even for dad jokes, which are great. But um, I think, I think one of the best ones I've heard recently is that this guy goes to the doctor and he says doctor doctor i've got some hearing problems and the doctor says well can you describe the symptoms and he said yeah homer's a fat guy and marge's blue hair (laughs) (laughs) the look on look on glenn's face he's like what (laughs) 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 or i I give you one more go for more good one it says chuck norris once strangled someone with a cordless phone. <laughs> that is not folklore. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Exactly. That's, that's like his tears cure cancer. Come on, man. But he doesn't but cry. He, he never cried. He, <laughs> he never cried. When he does push-ups. He's not pushing himself up. He's, he's pushing the world down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I miss those Chuck Norris facts. That's right. They're so good. When me and my brothers get together and we start drinking they come out all right to wrap things up a hacker group used russian ransomware to destroy russia raid form got taken down by the fbi and europol hackers are sitting unnoticed inside government networks for months and be kind of bicyclists or they might start shooting fireworks at you that's all we have for this week we hope you enjoyed this week's episode you can find us all on linkedin links will be in the description Follow us on Instagram at Pebcac Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rate us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pebcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina and our guest Gary New, I'm Chris Lloyd. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. And as always, have a nice day. Cheers. Bye, guys. Thanks, everyone. Time for beer. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a nice day.